We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Evans Music Studio here at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome our panel. It's Tommy Dean, Jennifer Wong and Vince Sorrenti. <laughs> With the music, Phil Davidson and the audience this week from uh, Wollongong, Bathurst, Blue Mountains, Ramwick, Waverton and Rydalmere. <laughs> the first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. One of my favourite TV shows is about to be revived. It's the sitcom Frasier, set in the world of American radio. And as someone who works in radio, I like it. But that's despite its setting. No one wants to see their own profession depicted on TV because they always get it wrong. Do they get your profession wrong? Yes. Yes. On Frasier, for example, he always sits a mile away from the microphone. This would not work. It would sound echoey and weird. You need to be no further away than a fist, a, a width of a fist. Everyone knows that. And he and the producer turn up about one minute before the broadcast begins rather than the four or five hours required in the world of real radio. My boss wouldn't allow it. Why does his? TV and film producers make these sort of mistakes all the time, with every profession. In medical shows, the nurses spend most of their time flirting with the doctors, right? (laughs) Now, I've asked nurses about this. They tell me the main high-stakes drama during the typical shift is whether they can find the five minutes necessary to have a wee. (laughs) Flirting, not so much a priority. And I wait to see the triumphant scene in which Nurse Tracy finally manages to urinate after hours of trying, the swelling music celebrating the moment of glorious release. In any show dealing with education, all teachers are depicted as time-serving dolts, except for the inspiring one, sometimes played by Robin Williams, who arrives out of the blue and changes everyone's life forever. And the other teachers, the idiots, can only stand back in disbelief and cheer him on. Oh, why didn't I think of trying to inspire the kids by making education interesting? What a genius this guy must be. Police, of course, always have this cranky boss who won't let them do their job. Is there any TV drama where they haven't got a cranky boss? Mate, just let them get on with it. My God, they'd be good if it were not for this rule-ticking, time-serving, grumpy guts. The ordinary police would solve every problem before the first ad break. Ah, maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Media moguls, of course, are always depicted as evil megalomaniacs with children locked in a battle over the succession. But that one may be true. (laughs) Ditto the advertising executives who spent most of the 1960s dead drunk. I'm less convinced about the architects. For a start, they are so numerous... Try to imagine a job for a middle-class family man in a TV show and it's always, oh, he's an architect. They always work from home too, which I think is unlikely. All reporters are investigative journalists dealing with a boss so cranky he could be chief superintendent from a police show. The journalists, by the way, only ever meet their contacts in a striptease bar. (laughs) Did you notice that? 
Of course, we forgive it all. It's all in the name of providing entertainment. A show that really captured policing would feature someone examining CCTV footage for 10 days in a row and farmers would sit on a combine harvester for weeks at a time and teachers would fill in paperwork late at night and coroners would wait a month for the blood sample to be returned. So let them take licence, even with radio. But it would be good if this time round Fraser could sit a little closer <laughs> to the mic. And that's the news from nowhere. Coming in here, Jennifer Wong, Vince Sorrenti. Welcome again. Is that also an issue in the radio? A friend of mine was a FM disc jockey. Oh, yes. And they uh, spoke often of the P song, the song that had, you know, a four and five minute length song yeah. that gave them license uh, to leave the studio yeah. Yeah. and go take care of business. Yeah, but when you're my age, you need Alice's Restaurant, 20 minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How does it work in the world of talkback? Do, do, do you like have certain guests you go to, you know? <laughs> yeah, Peter Fitzsimons. Yeah, Peter Fitzsimons. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Fitzsimons, Hello. <laughs> Flush. <laughs> Still going. Yeah. Excellent answer. Well done, Peter. Uh, now, let's check you up with this week's news. Who is sandpapering over the cracks in the alliance? Mm. Uh, I must admit, as someone who's not really into cricket, this one has me a bit stumped. Ah. <laughs> Would someone like to take over? <laughs> sure. Oh, she's thrown away her wicket. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, bail her out. Uh, uh, it I was s- a test. It was a test. <laughs> I did see that exchange between uh, Albo and uh, Richie. I think it shows the civilising power of the game of cricket. You know, Australia and Britain, no, we, we can hate each other, but we can have some harmless banter between the PMs and smooth out relations over a jolly good game of cricket. Now, if Albo was teasing Vlad Putin, there'd be a drone strike on the lodge and a dash of plutonium in his teacup. <laughs> India and Pakistan are two nuclear-armed states who hate each other, but they play cricket. They can sort it out over a one-day international. Instead of spending $370 billion on nuclear submarines to deter China, we should spend a fraction of that and teach the Chinese to play cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll talk about Taiwan later. Do you want a bat or do you want a ball? <laughs> now, I was very uh, surprised, I've got to say, though, about the uh, selling the tanks to Germany. Well, about a billion dollars worth of Australian tanks to Germany. The biggest surprise of all was Australia makes tanks? <laughs> you, know, you know, aren't we the global military industrial superpower? In 2017, we gave up trying to build Holden Commodores. <laughs> but tanks, good enough to sell to Germany? No worries. And soon, nuclear submarines. Seriously, a few months ago... We stopped manufacturing Hills hoists. (laughs) Too hard. I think you're reading it wrong, Vince. I don't think it's too hard. I think they shuttered those factories out front, made it look like a sad story, and then put all of that work. The Hills hoist is really now just the periscope. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, when you ask any Australian what we've invented, they always put that up there. What about the Hills hoist? Well, we can't even make Do you think the the nuke subs are going to work, Vince? Do you think they're going to repel the Chinese? Uh, I don't think they're scared. I mean, um, I know the Greens wanted a solar-powered sub. (laughs) (laughs) 
it, it, it sits on the surface for four days charging and then goes in a full combat mode for eight minutes. <laughs> Scares the crap out of the Communist Party. It really is. They are in there. Well, it's better than that French stuff. You know, like, really, we'd be better off fighting them off with baguettes than that French sub-deal. Hello, have a happy Bastille Day to anyone. This is <laughs> now, I love French... The best French food is in Italy. <laughs> well, let's, let's get on to food because uh, here's my second question. Who believes their feta is better and their mortadella is bella? What's this about? Well, this is about stupid. This is what this is about. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff that drives me nuts. This is the world being stupid about the world. Uh, this is the story of Europe realizing that somehow they might be forgotten if we forget that champagne is actually a place and not a fun thing to drink. <laughs> Settle down, Europe. Why are they so worried? So we're, well, we're trying to do a trade deal, right? We're trying to do a trade deal with Europe, but yeah. they're saying if we, if we want to sell our meat and stuff like that, we've got to agree to not use all these uh, terms like, like, uh, like uh, mortadella and, and, and feta and uh, prosecco. Yeah, I know. So I say, here's what I say. I say tell them to get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> Like one of their you either go tell full me. Aussie in two ways. You either keep these names and just put bloody in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I couldn't agree. I couldn't disagree more. I am firmly on the side of the Europeans. These people have developed these products over hundreds, even thousands of years, and then we come along and miraculously produce the exact same thing with the exact same name. What a coincidence! I don't blame them for being peed. It's not like some pig farmer in Victoria woke up one morning and said, you know what, I'm going to salt some pork legs and air dry them in the highland wind for 18 months and, you know, I think I'll call it Hamon de Serrano. <laughs> what an incredible coincidence. Surely we can come up with our own uniquely Australian names for some of their stuff. Instead of Hamon de Serrano, let's call it Jacko's Mountain Breeze Ham. <laughs> Reggiano di Parmigiano is good, but have you tried Reggie's Palm Beach Cheese? <laughs> Hello to all our North Shore listeners out there. Thanks for screwing up Christmas 2020. <laughs> <laughs> even, even better. <laughs> Let's make our own products with our own place names and stick it right up them when they try to copy us. Can you imagine some French dude in a cafe said, you know, I had a delicious piece of Wagga Wagga for dinner <laughs> and a very nice bottle of Bankstown. <laughs> hey, I don't think so, Francois. That plonk can only be made in a certified backyard in Bankstown within a three-kilometre radius of the Georges River and the M4 motorway. So <laughs> shove it up your backside. <laughs> Jennifer Wong, I think you get the casting vote in this. Well, I think that what we should do is we should continue to make... Make these products like brie and camembert, but we should give them names that are typically Australian. And what is more Australian than the names of FM radio breakfast announcers? <laughs> so, for example, brie would be known as breezy, <laughs> camembert would be known as camo, <laughs> Rockford is Rocky F, Fontina is Fonsi, Parmigiano Reggiano is Parmi Regs, Pecorino becomes known as Pecky O. Prosciutto is now known as Schutzi, Edam is known as Edo, Gouda is known as the G, and finally Gorgonzola is known as Gigi Zola. <laughs> I prefer bloody feta. Bloody. Or bloody go feta. the Harbour Bridge route. Like, don't even, don't even 
try to like we're still honoring the place name as if that matters. Just say, uh, you know, I want a salad and I want some of that crumbly Greek stuff on it. That'd be fine. Just give, fine. give the country some notice. I'll have the crumbly Greek salty stuff. I want the pizza cheese. What's that called? Oh yeah, pizza cheese. Get the pizza cheese out, love. Because we're having the pizza. But, but there's no more stuff to invent. This is the problem. I mean, the Europeans have got it all sewn up. But what uniquely edible thing could we come up with and put our own spin on? I mean, I think they've used them all up. Yeah. So. Well, there's the bunning sausage. That's No one else would drink. No one else would eat that, would they? No. <laughs> Has anyone eaten one of those? <laughs> yeah. And lived. <laughs> it's a miracle! Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Tommy Dean, Jennifer Wong, Vince Sorrenti and our lovely audience. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Live music in a moment from Phil Davidson. But here's my last question from this week's news. What oodle is there in oodles but only for the more affluent? Oh, this is a, a fascinating story about, about pets. So it turns out that um, in Sydney there are places that have cavoodles uh, and places that do not have cavoodles. So council data shows that the most popular dog breed across um, some suburbs in the east, inner west and northwest and north uh, all have cavoodles, the most popular dog breed, and then in the west and southwest of the city, there are other dogs. So the interesting thing is that for so many people, the family is actually not complete without the whole kit and cavoodle, <laughs> uh, which is a, a Newfoundland information that the council had to hound dog owners for. Uh, it's not something that the council, the council has just Jack Russelled up. Uh, they actually went to great lengths to golden retriever this data. Uh, thank you for the groaning. <laughs> But there used to be, you know, there used to be people used to go out the red rooster line as a mm. sign of affluence. If you had a red rooster, it, 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 if you if you had a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken, you were more affluent than if you had a red rooster. There was the latte line, which did the. Now this is the Cavoodle line, so more affluent suburbs are more likely to have a Cavoodle. It definitely exists the Cavoodle line, and one of the first things Sydney siders ask is where, where do you live? But I think the new valued judgment now is what sort of dog do you have? <laughs> you know, and uh, it seems like the new question might be, well, what sort of dog do you have? Oh, I hear uh, he's a good catch. He uh, <laughs> works for Macquarie Bank and uh, has a cavoodle. <laughs> the cavoodle line is real. The cavoodle is designed for life in the affluent suburbs. It needs big backyards of Mossman and Rose Bay and wouldn't cope with the shared outdoor spaces or, God forbid, balconies of other areas. Uh, it's very difficult to fit a Staffordshire Bull Terrier into a designer handbag to carry around <laughs> at your next gallery opening. The Cavoodle is the perfect size. Not many Cavoodles around the eastern suburbs at the moment, though, Richard. Uh, most of them are in pet sitting centres around Sydney, whilst their owners are on the Amalfi Coast or Sicily. <laughs> there are a few unfortunate ones sitting around Double Bay tethered to a cafe table while their wretched owner sips on a latte and complains about the cost of flying in 2023. Yeah, loser. <laughs> Some Cavoodles are owned by losers. Cavoodles don't mix with Staffordshire Bull Terriers and German Shepherds, or Westies, as they call them. <laughs> they find them a bit rough. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they don't approve of the drive-by barkings either in the back of the tradies' use. Oh, I love the Staffordshire in the handbag at the gallery opening. T Tommy, what do you think about the replacement of the Red Rooster line with the Cavoodle line? I think that what's unfortunate is that the, the owners of the Staffordshires haven't realised that it won't take much for them to take over the eastern suburbs. 
<laughs> if they lead with their dogs. Because <laughs> the cavoodles, I'm not, I've never understood the cavoodle. It seems the least of the dogs. It, it's enough dog to appear as if you have a dog, but it does nothing that dogs were originally meant to be around the house. It has no workability at all. I think that's why the affluent love them, because it lives its life the way they do theirs. <laughs> Uselessly and with no purpose. <laughs> and yet looks so good doing it. <laughs> That's the problem. The caboodle line on, thank God, it's Friday. Now, we have Tommy Dean, Jennifer Wong, Vince Serenity. I want you guys to tell me about your new shows, actually. Vince, your new show, it's called I'm Offended, is on at the State Theatre, October 6th. What's it about? It's about, um, well, everyone's offended today, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm offended that everyone's offended. So... Um, <laughs> Oh, it's it's just speaking openly about things that are going on in the world and uh, look back over the last few years. COVID, which was a fantastic... T- COVID was a fantastic time for comedy but a terrible time for comics. You know, when, when everyone's on the same page, when everyone can relate to things that are going on, um, it's a good time for material but... There was no, no, one to, no one to yeah. deliver I spent it two years sitting on a couch watching Netflix, ordering Uber Eats, putting on weight, collecting JobKeeper. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, if you wouldn't eat so much mortadella, you might be thinner. <laughs> Jennifer Wong, tell us about your show. It's called Careless Whispers and Other True Stories. It's on at the Factory, August uh, 31, September 2 and 3. Yeah, um, it's uh, a collection of stories that I will be reading the way that you do news from nowhere, and um, but not your stories in particular. <laughs> that would be weird if you showed up and I just started to talk about Fraser, for example. Um, but um, one of the stories is a story that I read recently on Chat 10 Looks 3, which I'll be bringing back, which is about the first time that I did karaoke as an eight-year-old at a Chinese restaurant in Parramatta, not knowing what would happen when they played the real version of Careless Whispers, the video clip, which I had never seen before. Uh, You might not know that it's quite steamy. (laughs) So a mixture of comedy and tragedy. Yes, that's right. That's right. And child services. Yeah, that's right. Careless Whispers and other true stories for Jennifer and uh, and Vince Sorrenti's I'm Offended at the State Theatre, October 6th. Now, um, wait, wait, it looks weird. If you just just Uh bail out to the next question now, it's a glaring gap which you're just pointing out that I don't have a show to plug. Yeah, you got a pool to clean at home. I know, I'm busy. I'm not. I'm just saying. I want everyone to know. I know. We're all acting like we just skipped past it. It won't hurt Tommy's feelings. Well, I'll have you know, I've got some shows. I've got some things to do. I just don't want to talk about them here. And it isn't. Is it necessary for? For Vince to be doing it in a 2000 seat. No, certainly not. It's just greedy, isn't it? Uh, But if you're at the Paddington Bowling Club of a Wednesday afternoon, I'll be reading from Flesh Wounds with a funny voice, (laughs) putting an entire new spin on Richard's history. (laughs) Now, one of the big supermarket chains is to stock a tearless onion, I read this week. It's the first of you developed in Australia. What's your current method for cutting onions without tears and what other modifications would you like to see to various foods to make them more convenient? Vince Sorrenti. Um, 
Sharp knife. Sharp knife. Absolutely yeah, abs- right. And, and the Sorrentis are a sharp knife outfit. Nothing but sharp. My, I mean, my dad, he's Southern Italian, mate, and the first thing he does, he comes to my house, he pull that drawer open, and if there's a dull blade in there... there he stabs you with it. He picks it, up, he picks it up, he holds it up to the light, and he has a good look at that edge, and it better be, and he's got a freight, it's got to be Sorrenti sharp. Sorrenti yeah. sharp? Yeah. But he's, he's not... He's butter knife. You could shave with it. The butter knife's in his drawer. So sharp knife. So his disappointment in you is not the, the, the lifetime oh, in show business. Yeah, well, it's it's the, yeah, sharp, yeah. the lack of the sharp knife. Two, he's got two disappointments in me. The, the amount I pay for fruit in the eastern suburbs, because he always goes to the markets, how much was that melon? I go, oh, $8. Ah! He, he, like a stab in the heart. <laughs> with and, the blood and knife. The blood knife. <laughs> and and the, the dull blades, yeah. But, <clears throat> now, what, what I think, they, what I would like to see in Superman is I, I hate, I love cooking, I hate peeling garlic. Mm. I've tried everything. I've tried mezzalunas. I've tried those crushing things. I've tried the, the micro plate. I hate it because you've got to get that little paring knife. Well, yeah, it ends up I've under your the, fingernails. Yeah, I've, I've tried the squashing and pulling it up. But, you know, sometimes you need a whole clove. So, yeah. Can someone come up with a skinless or an easy peel? So breed it. Breed it like that. An easy peel garlic clove. Thank you. And could mine. we sell it to the world in favour of the Yeah, feta? the, uh, the, the Sorrenti. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to see, Jennifer? Um, I'd like to see a pineapple that you can you can peel like a banana. Mm. I think that a pineapple is too hard to eat. Uh, it it's almost like it doesn't want to be eaten. So I think it could be more appealing. Uh, I think more appealing. Um, I, I, I would, like to see a melon the size of an apple. I think a melons are too big and it's a big commitment, especially if you live by yourself. I guess what I'm saying is I would like some fun-sized melons. I, I, I realise that sounds a little bit... Like no, we a, all agree. We all 100% agree. Yeah, so uh, make of that what you will. And finally, I would like to see some cherries without seeds. Eating cherries with seeds, it's just the pits. <laughs> you are uh, a punster. She is. <laughs> Tommy, what do you do? Well, Look, I'm sad to hear that, that you have all given up. That's what makes me sad. <laughs> it's the joy. It's the great joy of... I think the great joy of garlic is the fact that you will reek of it just trying to deal with it. <laughs> Forget eating it. I love the fact that garlic releases some sort of under-your-fingernail torture that if you just get a little bit under there, it's a week of pain <laughs> just for the excellent toast you're about to have. Have you got an onion... Chopping tip with sharp the, knives. Yeah, sharp you're absolutely knife. right. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no way around. Does I, Vince's the, dad go around to everyone's house? No, it's because he should. Hey, well, and they will. Pro- I provide that service at a fee. Yeah. I, I actually w- do have an onion um, sh- uh, sharp uh, cutting tip yeah. because I wrote an article about about onions, and I, I have two. One is to breathe through your mouth. When you're cutting an onion, it will reduce the crying. And the other one is to do it in a nicely ventilated area or near a window, but also also the sharp knife. We, 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 uh, we did talk back on it this week and the number of ideas, it's crazy out there. So there are people with slices of bread which they're clench, clenching working their teeth like this to stop the odour coming up and hitting their nose. It's soaked into the bread. That's one idea. There are people wearing swimming goggles. Wow. Yeah, there's one woman who she, she rang up and she said uh, it was quite d- disturbing for her because she was in the supermarket she met a friend and the friend said, oh, you've been peeling onions. And she thought, how does she know? And she said, how do you know? She said, I can still see the marks of the goggles. <laughs> Other people got fans blowing the odour this way marks. and that way. Some people freeze them and then cut them that way. 
I'm telling every single one of you people, sharpen your knives. Sharp knives. It's seriously, yeah. the reason that onions make you cry is because when you crush the cells of the onion, it releases a chemical that comes out. But when you have a sharp knife, it splits clean and you don't crush. It's crushing onion. It not only bruises the onion and the flavor, it releases the chemical that makes you cry. If you have a sharp knife, I'm done. I'm already saltang while you're still trying to figure out where you put your goggles. <laughs> do, you think, uh, do you think if you watched a really upsetting film, you know, The Notebook or Love Story, really upsetting film, you could cry out all the tears before you started with the onions? Okay, I could, I could go. I'm with that. Like an emotional... Because there must be a limited amount of tears A fully emotional be, yeah. cleansing before you deal yeah. with the onion. Because you're not all water. You've got to be... You've got to have... You know, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's good. dehydrated. <laughs> completely dehydrated or person. Or spend a week up to the time you're going to work with the onion stabbing yourself in the eye with a stick. <laughs> and then by the time you get to the onion, you'll think, that doesn't hurt so much. <laughs> Pretty good. Or you could just get a sharp knife. Just get a sharp knife. Sharp knife. What, what, other, uh, what other... And all the others makes me lazy. I, liked, I hated it when they invented the seedless watermelon. The fun of the watermelon was spitting the pips. The fun <laughs> of the cherry is spitting the pips. That's half the fun of the job. I love all those okay, things. Okay, but what about, I don't know, what about a square tomato so it fits on the Sayo biscuit instead of weirdly? Yes. I would like a banana that could survive a trip from the store to home <laughs> so that I could eat it fresh at home instead of just go home and make banana bread. What about a cubed that chicken? That would be nice. A cubed chicken with no arms or legs, just a cube of meat that <laughs> oh, peel, wait, peels off in sandwich right. slices. Like a chicken that is 100% nugget. Just a nugget. <laughs> Just a full-size chicken nugget. I'm so and, tired and, and of tiny as, chicken nuggets. As soon as you kill it, it cooks itself and yeah, just starts, and starts to peel off. <laughs> boom. That's the future. That's the future. That's the future. That's what you want. That would be good. Hello to the vegans listening to <laughs> Oh, and asparagus. I think asparagus, if we could grow asparagus that had like a... Like, like, um, Does it make your wee smell? No, oh, no, I like that part. That makes me know that I eat asparagus. <laughs> yeah, that is the very... No, like sometimes that, I'm like that, at that night... That is something to like, isn't that it? Is. I wake up in the morning, what did I have yeah. for dinner? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that reminder, you said, yeah, that's so right, good. I had some asparagus. So yeah. <laughs> but you know how the recipe always says, uh, chop off the woody bit at the bottom. Yeah, but you're never not, quite not sure. Not of, not of your, but of the asparagus. Yeah, of the asparagus. <laughs> but you're never quite sure, so I wish it had some sort of like blue line in it that gave a hint. Where does the woodiness end? No, but you're supposed to you break it. The, 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 the real it's chef snapped. does it by That's bending right. it upwards it. until it breaks. And it breaks, it chooses, the asparagus itself chooses the point at which it breaks. Well, there you go. See, everything has its own solution built in. Why are we trying to solve it? And also, nature's done the job. Tommy, if you put a blue line on an asparagus, it would completely change its appearance. Oh, <laughs> God. You know, the, only, the true reason I only buy asparagus, I buy asparagus mostly because you get two free rubber bands. <laughs> how many rubber bands are in the av- how many rubber bands are in the average cutlery drawer right yeah. now? <laughs> but well, like, extra as many as you can, ones. so good. As many as you can fit in with all the crumbs. Do you think there's a household which, where nobody, people have never eaten toast? There's never been any bread in the household, and yet there's still crumbs in the cutlery drawer. Where do those crumbs come from? I've never used my dryer, and I still have to clean the lint trap out once a week. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. Or the kids are lying to me. <laughs> it's one or the other. Uh, thank God it's Friday. Now the Barbie movie is about to open. Hell um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And even the star Margot Robbie admits that some people will still find Barbie a bad role model when it comes to feminism. So what are the toys you played with as a child? 
And what do you think were the ideological lessons they contained? Tommy Dean. I played with a washing basket and a tennis ball. <laughs> like, that was my main toy. We had a washing basket, and, you know, you could take the tennis ball and you could spin it. Let me guess, you didn't have a convertible. <laughs> no, no. We had, a, we had a proper border collie. And if I didn't keep the ball in the basket, I didn't have the ball for long. <laughs> he would run off with it. He was a terrible dog. Uh, but you'd spin the ball and you could use centrifugal force to bring it and the idea was to get it right up to the top of the edge and you could just go oh, we'd time each other start counting we'd draw a little line halfway up once you're above the, the above line see how long you could keep it and there was records for counterclockwise versus clockwise it was like hula hooping with a oh. tennis ball in a washing basket did that contain so uh, inbuilt lessons about feminism the patriarchy or perhaps capitalism it was my mother's lesson to say when the washing's done get it done <laughs> but we had to hang up our own laundry or else we couldn't play ball in a bucket how could you play ball in the basket if the laundry wasn't hung up? Yeah. That was the lesson. You get your work done, then you play. Ah, I did have that an ideological lesson. Yeah. Jennifer did, Wong, what did you play with and what was the ideological lesson uh, contained therein? I played, uh, I played Tetris. Uh, it's taught me to uh, learn to live in a small apartment. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty useful, huh? That, yeah. that was like, a Tetris shot. <laughs> I'm trying to do a pun for you. <laughs> Thank you for the injection of humour. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Vince, Randy, what did you play with and what was the ideological lesson contained therein? Uh, some of you may remember a game called Go for Broke. Anyone play Go for Broke? It was like Monopoly. Oh, no, it was, no, I never heard of it. It was like Monopoly, but it was just the reverse. You had, you had a million dollars and you had to lose it. And I was incredibly good at this game. <laughs> How's that for an ideological lesson? <laughs> This was uh, lining up for a career in show business. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, are you ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies Heck and gentlemen? Yeah. The Wheel of Death. Uh, this week's uh, topics provided by our lovely audience here at Ultimo. And remember, if you're listening to this and you want to join this audience, we love people from outside Sydney. If you're coming to Sydney uh, soon, please book yourself in to Thank God It's Friday. Uh, the tickets are free. All you need to do is put TGIF and the ABC into your search engine. You'll find the spot where you can book in your free tickets for Thank God It's Friday. You're allowed to come if you're from Sydney as well. Uh, but we're particularly keen on people who want to make a weekend of it. Now, yeah, we don't like people from... Close, Sydney. <laughs> You're too close. Yeah. We see you all the time. Yeah. Stay home. Yeah. Some people here come all the way from Alto. Oh. Thanks for making the effort, you know. Uh, now, risotto. Hawaii. Saucy. Oyster. Barbie. Rugged. Ultimo. Pink. Sloth. Hair. Beach. Sponge. And tiramisu. Is that your... Tiramisu. Tiramisu. That won't fly in the air, yeah. yeah, mate. You can't just start calling it tiramisu yeah. and expect to get away with it. Are you call it bloody tiramisu? They'll be like a ton of bricks in Brussels for that, mate. Which one's feel you full of fear, Tommy? Tiramisu. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Will it be tiramisu or will it be oyster? Also, let's do. Oyster. Tiramisu. Um, <laughs> I'm focusing this time after last week's debacle. Yeah. Oyster. They nearly died last week. Very badly. The lions nearely got released. Finally. Kind of so um, but I'm uh, here. I'm in. I'm, I think I'm in safe space because uh, I think one of the great uh, things that defines uh, who you are as a person is uh, when you go to a fancy restaurant and they ask you if you would like a dozen oysters on the half shell. Uh, that's when you know who you are and who you're with and what you're about to be. And that's why I can't do it. 
<laughs> you don't eat oysters? I cannot eat oysters. What's that rule about the certain months where you can eat an oyster? Is it a month with an R in them? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a bit northern uh, hemisphere, that. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. That's a, it's a bit sort of fetter. That's exactly why so many northern diners have died <laughs> while travelling in the south of the equator. You know, you couldn't eat oysters in Sydney in the 1950s. They've just, I mean, there's a great history of uh, Beppe's, the Italian restaurant there. Like, they, but no one, they would give them away in pubs, just mm. on, the, on the counter. Well, because I mean, the Shucking knife wasn't invented until 1961. <laughs> Up until then, it was just hard boys eating them out like apples. <laughs> they were so good. And just have, crunching have, them up. We have the bush oyster. Yeah. 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 And we have, uh, we have the mountain oyster yeah. uh, in America. Do we, uh, do we need to elaborate on that? Or? Well, the mountain oyster is uh, the testicle of the bull, the Rocky Mountain oyster. Wow. Uh, or the mountain oyster. It is, a, uh, it is the testicle of a bull uh, that is then deep fried. Wow. <laughs> well, because then it becomes a nugget. <laughs> and once you turn the bull's nuggets into proper nuggets, it's good eating. <laughs> good eating. Mm-hmm. See, I would eat those all day. We had carpetbag steak, though, Vince, so that was very popular in the yes, 50s yeah, and 60s. Yeah. And we had smoked tinned oysters. You know, a lovely piece of steak, you'd uh, hollow it out with a sharp knife. Sharp yeah. knife and but then they always had to make oysters. it sound fancy. You always made it sound like nobody just liked oyster on the half shell. It was always, you had to Rockefeller it. Yeah. It's a Rockefeller. You had to mornay it. Yeah. yeah well, you, and, and the Kilpatrick, I, I, I'm sorry, but if you, like, if you eat your oysters, Kilpatrick, you don't like oysters. I mean, like, what wouldn't taste good with cheese and bacon? Well, that's what I mean. That's the point. It was like, <laughs> yeah, why are you doing board. that? You have another I used to order that. Can I just get the oysters to Patrick with no oysters? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and, and you wouldn't tell the difference. Yeah, like bacon and cheese on the half shell. I would eat that all day. In fact, we have that in America. We call it a loaded potato skin. It's basically <laughs> the yeah, same Potato thing. skin tastes good with cheese and bacon. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, everything, I, and, the, and the, it's the pearl the pearl part of it is surprising as well. Uh, like that seems exciting. Yeah. But um, like that's the that's they now if cherries gave pearls. Imagine if if like every one hundredth cherry had some sort of pearlescent pearl in it yeah. instead of a pip. Oh, you, or, you, water, or watermelons with uh, ninety nine pips and one pearl. Oh, one pearl. Would that be good? Oh, that'd be good. That, that's why I drink bubble tea. Yeah, because they put pearls in there, which I know are tapioca pearls, but maybe just once they make a mistake. Tell me, what about the bad oyster? Now, I must have been... Well, this is my my ultimate... I've got a cast iron stomach, but the one thing uh, I have consistently gotten really crook on is a bad oyster. In fact, I got medivaced out of uh, Thailand once for eating those, you know, those big Pacific oysters they have, you know. Warning, not cooked. (laughs) I ate one of those and, man, I was... Oh, That's what I mean. It seems like the risk is too high because the argument is that they are an aphrodisiac. Mm. So, like, you're supposedly going to be at your yeah. peak you performance live, level. If you live, and you'll that, be. Yeah. That's, uh, Tommy, that is not you'll always. You'll be on like Donkey Kong if you can live together. <laughs> that's not always true, though, because I, I had a dozen and only 11 of them worked. Oh, it's, it's, that's what he's saying. There's always a dud oyster. There's always a dud oyster. Also, and it took me, I only ate oysters twice as a young man. Uh, which is why I hate them so much now. And it was only because I was told they were an aphrodisiac. Um, and then, but no one, no one said, take a girl with you. <laughs> what do you have on your oysters, Tommy? Do you like squeeze, are you a squeeze of lemon, a salt and pepper? No, I would, I would have nothing. I would have no thank you. Bring me some tater tots. <laughs> I have nothing on my oysters. I don't believe anything should go on the oyster except that. 
taste of brine. That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. If I could bring myself to eat them, that feels like the most natural. Don't you like that slithering down your throat, that mushy sort of firmness? What, followed, by, followed by a medivac. Yeah. <laughs> the sound of a helicopter in the distance. <laughs> he ain't one of the Pacific ones. <laughs> Every time I order <laughs> Easter's, I imagine the intro of MASH. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't like them. I, I should have gone for the Kilpatrick. Um, and, and and but I do like the, uh, the history of them uh, and the fact that, you know, oyster shells have been used. They're quite a tool. Well, yep. uh, Benalong Point, where the opera house is, mm. is composed, they say, uh, millennia's mm. worth of gorging on seafood, namely uh, uh, oyster shells. Yeah. And yeah. bound together by puke. Music. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good basis for the opera house. That's what's holding it up. Tommy Dean on the wheel of death. Does he die, ladies and gentlemen? Well, we'll have to wait. No, No, he He lives. He lives. But they're so expensive too. They're it's mostly the money. Four, four or five bucks each in, each. A, in, a, in, a, in a restaurant. Five dollars. Yeah. Six. Like, down. Six. 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 Yeah. Where the convertibles. The, the reassuring thing in the really fancy restaurants is they print the five and the six in such small print and they don't even put the dollar sign next to it, just oysters. Mm. Five each. Yeah. Or six or each. Six as if, point as if, five. As if, they got oh, yes, the point but, but five. But no, no dollar sign as if you're thinking, well, five watts. <laughs> five, five compliments for the chef or five, five pearls perhaps for my lady. Five medivac trips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think, we're on to you, chef. We know they're dollars and we know that charging six dollars for something that's that is too much. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, do like, I do like a plate of rock salt. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I have to say. With, with cheese and bacon. <laughs> yeah, with cheese and bacon. I'd eat that all day. No, nice. uh, now, a new study says that office noise has a dramatic impact on productivity, interrupting people's concentration, and that contrary to expectations, people don't get used to it over time. It still annoys them years on. So what's the annoying sound that you have to deal with? Jennifer Wong. Uh, well, my upstairs neighbours are either building something or have become YouTube stars for a channel that only reviews drills. Uh, I work from home, so I hear this all the time. I don't understand how one family have so many things that they need to drill. I, I have heard drills at every pitch, which suggests they have a range of them. I've heard these drills at every duration. I've heard shorts, like spurts of drilling, long drills. Um, it makes me imagine that what they're making is a large block of wood filled with holes. <laughs> uh, let's just say my concentration is screwed. <laughs> Very annoying, Vince. What's the annoying uh, Well, I don't have it. I work at home, so and I've got three teenage boys who love computer games. So, I mean, at any time in my house, you can hear Mario head-kicking uh, Bowser. Like, arch, 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 arch. So uh, you write some of your best stuff when that's going on. Do you, do, you, do you remonstrate with them? Do you say, look, just uh, yeah. poor daddy's working? It's a losing battle. Man, I tell you, during, during COVID, just to pass the time, I, I built a couple of gaming computers for two of my boys, which was great fun. But How boy, do you mean you built a couple of... What, what, well, what? I just got online and, you know, watched a few YouTube... It's not hard. If you just buy the parts and you, anyone with a screwdriver can do it. To so, be fair, also, anybody Smith? that has a computer that was already built, so you can watch YouTube and learn how to build a computer. <laughs> so, just so you know, but, but, you can't start from scratch with this. <laughs> 
So you built them. You built them some computers. Yeah. Free. Oh, it's and they, honestly, it, it is easy. But they've they both set up now. They've got these big screens and towers and all this grunt and you know graphic cards and they're, they're on them like sixteen hours a day. Okay. So. What's the sound? What's the annoying sound that you make that annoys them? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Just, tell them to stop I playing. Know. I think it's probably classic dad noises. That's yeah. my guess. <laughs> yeah. I have got a warning sign on my door about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's just the sound when you sit down and stand up. Tell me, Dean, what's the annoying sound for you? Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. You just don't know when you get a real job what you're getting into and, or the area. Like I had never really researched the area that I was uh, working in, having you know, this is like my first job I've ever had. And I just, what I was really disturbed about was I just felt I had Having moved. Having to turn up. I was well, really disturbed about the fact you had to turn well, up every, every day. Every day. I mean, nobody really mentioned that. Every day. Every day. Um, but every day, sirens. Just sirens. Like, the area that I'm in, I don't know how dangerous it is or how terrible it is. It's just, I just hear sirens and sirens and sirens. Do you think, and it's just a thought, do you think that could be to do with working in a hospital? Well, I, mean, I work at the hospital. <laughs> Why so many sirens? Yeah. Can't they just walk there, these yeah. people? <laughs> I mean, my, my point lazy. is... These lazy people. My point is the last mile, settle, the, settle down. You're there. You're there. Turn the sirens off. And just drift in. No one's, gonna, no one's stopping you for the last kilometre to the hospital. The last kilometers, all hospital roads. Huh. Just drive down it. Because I, I think if someone's having a heart attack, the thing that should be most on the ambulance driver's mind is disturbing your work. Tom. So annoying. I'm trying to admit patience. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, there's a pun there. Also, you're making my job harder. <laughs> Sorry, did we you know, this is my favorite, though. This does happen all the time uh, on the road. On the road up, is it halfway up the road? There's one road, there's a reserve road. Reserve road shoots up to North Shore Hospital, and halfway up the road is a pedestrian cross. And to me, it's the great example of the <laughs> unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Because <laughs> yes, the ambulance is coming up that road, full bore, sirens squealing, and then the pedestrian guy's like, "This is my right." <laughs> and out he walks into the middle. Yeah. Who's who? Who yeah. does have right away when both have rights of way? Yeah, yeah. But the if hospital, you do get the you... hospital's close, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because the ambulance is like, I got room in the back. <laughs> this thing is much bigger than that little old lady. Who were the winners and losers of this week? Vince Sorrenti. Uh, winner, Solomon Islands Prime Minister Sogavare doing another deal with the Chinese. Between us and the Chinese, the guy cannot lose. <laughs> and the loser... Who do you think he's playing us off? One of course he's playing We're playing us off. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've given him that. Yeah, anyway. The loser, Michelle Bullock, the oh. new Reserve Bank governess, Poison Chalice. Mm. Tough gig, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Wong, who are the winners and losers? Uh, the losers are the surfers in California who've had their surfboards wrestled away by a sea creature. Uh, authorities say they ought to catch her soon. <laughs> uh, and the winner of the week is the new radio station in Australia called Big Cheese FM featuring breakfast with Breezy and Pecchio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tommy, who were the winners and losers of uh, this uh, The big winner, uh, so exciting last night, uh, Coach John Longmire uh, of the Sydney Swans. Sydney Swans coach uh, John Longmire. Uh, this is a football team or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, I apologise. Uh, they are men that do man stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm rarely associated with them either. <laughs> uh, the Sydney Swans coach John Longmire last night was his 300th game uh, as the coach. 
Uh, but the people's coach, you know, a lot of people forget that he just you know, stormed to power so long ago and has taken city so far. And how so the Swans doing, so by the way, mate? Why does everyone, why does everyone want to yeah, talk about that's that? That's kind of important. <laughs> it's not important. We've been in the finals more times than ever under his tutelage. We've yeah. won more games and than right ever now, under his tutelage. <laughs> and right now, at this moment, we sit one game out of the eight. Thank you very much with no one else playing yet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you for the beauty of a Thursday night win. Why can't sport be about the excitement of now and the beauty of men being men? What about the disappointment? Why do we always look to the future? Why do we always have to have some end journey? It's the journey, Vince. Yeah. It's the journey. Yeah. The journey from that grand And we won last disgrace. night. You're only as good as your last game. We won last night by two points. That's two points. Yeah. Two points more than the Bulldogs scored. Yeah. And there it's seven points. That's how you win. It's and the Bulldogs are a rugby union team. Maybe that's why they... <laughs> They were outclassed. It is clear that they were outclassed, had no idea what was going on. But this is how we're going to treat China when they enter cricket. <laughs> They're going to have a hard, long road while we teach them the game. As one rugby league play called AFL, it's a two-hour knock-on-a-thon. Mm. <laughs> and who was they? They were the winners. Who were the losers? The losers, I think, is in a sense, is Sydney, because I think we should have had this event, uh, sticking with sport, is uh, tonight's uh, the, the great game uh, in Dockland Stadium with uh, the friendly between France and the Matildas in one of the greatest, biggest games of uh, women's soccer ever played. On Bastille Day, too. Wow. On Bastille Day. Mm, wow. uh, so uh, I think uh, Sydney's the loser that we didn't get to host that cool event. But uh, still, here we are. Here we are. Here we are saying goodbye to Tommy Dean, Jennifer Wong and Vince Sorrenti. Thank you for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Next week, Vince is back with Tommy Dean and Beck Melrose. We've got music from the Van Morrison show, Van the Man. Uh, now, just to repeat your show, where is it on, Vince? At the State Theatre, October 6th. The most beautiful venue in Australia. Mm, no Come doubt. On. With all those angels in the ceiling. Oh, it's and all such that. a beautiful space and, to work. And Jennifer? Uh, Factory Theatre, August 31 and September 2nd and 3rd, Careless Whispers and Other True Stories. And Other mm. True Stories, all live on stage at the Factory Theatre. On ABC Radio Sydney, it's time to say goodbye to Thank God It's Friday and our live audience. Thank you very much. Yeah. And remember, if you would like to come and join our audience, Wollongong, Bathurst, Blue Mountains, Randwick, Waverton and Rydalmere, they've come from everywhere and you could be part of it too. Just go to ABC Thank God It's Friday and you will find the link to check in and find your free tickets. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and Thank God It's Friday!